When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. What's up? This your boy Lil Duval. And check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Football Full Circle right here on SportsGrid. Excited to be here with you again talking about the world of football, NFL, college football. We'll have Rich Germanello on a little bit later, but uh, get started with my co-host, George Kurtz. Uh, you find him on Twitter, at George Kurtz. George, what's up, buddy? What's up, you ask, Mike? Well, you know, anybody who's been watching, I've been doing a lot of yard work of late. Oh, boy. Now, today, today is Sunday, and I get a break today, Mike. No yard work. You know what I got to do today instead? I have to help my brother move. All right, that's my big break today. Dude, your brother has got to get to a point where you can just hand him a, a, just a bunch of cash and say, like, here's the effort I was going to put into the moving. Give this to a mover that will do it for you, and I don't hurt my back all square. The How's good news is, is, is apparently he's moved all the little stuff in all week because his landlord, uh, the new landlord allowed him to move uh, the, little, the small stuff. So we're doing all the big stuff after this. But my brother is, he can't literally screw in a light bulb. Yeah. So everything we take apart, I got to put back together. I got to put the bed back together. I got to put the desk back together. Probably other crap too. I mean, literally he goes, please, please bring all your tools when you come over. Lovely. He knows, he knows that you're going to do it. You're a good brother. So uh, speaking of, uh, well, so that that's good. That's uh, new in your world. Obviously, look, this is a football show. It's a respite from the regular world. Uh, we know there's a lot going on in other areas of the country, like Minneapolis, but we're not going to focus on that here. It's just, I would just say, uh, I hope things come to a reasonable conclusion out there on all fronts, uh, and we'll move on to the business of football, if that's okay with you, George. So uh, Ben Volin uh, on, on Twitter is talking about the NFL rules that were passed. And we talked about some of them in our previous show, but one that we actually missed, George, was that the NFL increased the number of players that can return from IR from two to three. It also, we talked about closing up the clock loophole and, and some of the other things that we talked about in the previous show. But that's a pretty interesting rule. I think it's the NFL being a little bit more reasonable in the number of players that can come back. I think there's still some discussion amongst teams, amongst executives as to whether or not people can utilize this rule, uh, circumvent this rule in a way to stash players. But I like the fact I like the fact that they increased it. I wouldn't mind if it was more, but for now it goes from two to three players that you can put on IR and designate to return. This rule changed, oh, I don't know, <clears throat> 10, 15, 20 years ago because there were certain teams, and Dallas was one of these teams, this is back in the 70s, that they would literally, they would have 20 guys on IR. Yeah. Because, oh, you know, I can't get you on my active roster, but I don't want to lose you. You're on IR. You know, and I think, Mike, nowadays, I think it should be unlimited again because of the salary cap. Mm -hmm. Teams can't do that anymore. 
You can't have 20 guys making the league minimum, even the league minimum on, on, on IR. That would cost too much money. It would be $10 million against the cap. So they can't do that anymore. So I think it should be unlimited. I think uh, when you're on the IR, you should probably have to be on it for at least a month. You want to go six weeks, I'm okay with that too. But at least a month, a uh, quarter of the season, I think that's fair. This way you're not just stashing players who can't, you can't use that week. But with the salary cap era, I am fine with this being unlimited again. I would push back okay. on it to okay. say, though, that I think teams would um... – you could imagine teams stashing relatively low salary, minimum salary players in the event, like cornerbacks, offensive tackles, younger players, instead of putting them on the practice squad where they can get picked off by another team, putting them on IR. Say you have $10 million in space left over, you IR a few guys, they got hurt in training camp, and then you have an additional five players throughout the year. I think that's why it won't get to a point where it's unlimited. Does that make sense? Oh, it'll never get to unlimited again. Yeah. But I might ask you this. Why do you have that $10 million in cash space? It means you're not spending the money. It means you're cheap. Right? It means the owner doesn't want to spend the money. So I don't see that changing to put 20 guys on IR. Yeah. But you and I... don't want to spend money. Don't, don't have cash space. Pittsburgh doesn't have cash space. Cowboys don't have it. So they can't do that anymore because they, they want better players and they're going to max up a cap anyway. Yeah. So that's why I don't think the teams that have the cap space, and there are plenty that do, that don't spend, but there's a reason for that. They're cheap. Well, they some of them are. Some of them are. But I would also say that sometimes the cap space isn't what it appears because it's basically a, a holding spot for the extension that will be signed. Like Houston has a lot of cap space right now. They're not going to in two months. Um, the Browns have a ton of cap space right now. In fact, the most in the league Cleveland has. But – by next year, Miles Garrett's going to be signing an extension. So some of the cap space is fugazi, uh, to use a term that is often used in our neck of the woods. Okay, that's a kind of term I kind of like there. But once again, the same thing, though. That means that cap space already relegated somewhere. They're not going to use it on the IR players. Yeah. I, I, would just, I don't like see, seeing teams, legitimate teams, getting screwed because, oh, my God, this guy's out three weeks. I have four other linebackers that are out you know, from a season, and now I can't put them on IR – because I can't bring them back. You know, yeah. I, I just like to see teams that get screwed by injury. I mean, you and I are both on the same page with expanding the rosters. I would just like, look, we had a little bit of movement in the last year, a couple of roster spaces added, a couple more on practice squad. I would like to open it up more. The owners obviously don't want to do that because each associated roster spot means more than just salary, right? It means benefits and everything else and a certain cost to each player that is on your full active roster. I just always felt like teams were so light on offensive linemen in particular uh, that when you have those two or three injury games, you're like, all right, let's use our third tight end as our tackle. It's like, why are we bastardizing the way in which we're playing football here because we're tr keeping the roster so tight? Why don't we just throw a couple of extra guys out there so the teams can have nine active offensive linemen? If you're paying, was it 50, usually 53? If you're paying 53, why can't you play 53? Why do you have to deactivate eight guys for each game? Right. I know why, because once again, they think that evens out the injuries. In case one team has seven injuries, the other team has one. Well, they both got to deactivate eight. It's even. I get that, but I think it's stupid. Yeah, yeah. If I'm an owner and I'm paying 53 guys, I want to have those 53 guys eligible. And you brought up the, a perfect analogy, offensive lineman. You want to protect your star quarterback. The last thing you want is to have a tight end having to play tackle because they lost three, four linemen in that game, which can easily happen. All those pileups, guys, you know, jumping around your feet, rolling around your feet, sprained ankles galore here. Yeah. I, I think it's silly. I think it's a, I think it's an idea whose time has come, but the NFL just hasn't gotten around to it. They're too antiquated here. The consistency, the consistent uh, issue injury-wise, is always defensive backfield and offensive line. You're just you're working with guys that you signed two weeks ago or just came off the practice squad, and you're like, all right, uh, you're a starting right tackle. I hope it works out well. Or you're our new uh, slot corner. So uh, let's not get burned by Cooper Cup 15 times this week, and like, <laughs> it's not going to work. He's the, he's he's in that position for a reason. Try not to get my 150 million dollar quarterback killed. Right. Right? That's what the NFL did because they want the NFL wants their quarterbacks. They want the quarterback to stay healthy. All the uh, you know, Brady's, Breeze of the world, they're the Hall of Famers, Aaron Rodgers, and all guys like this. And then you might have somebody literally off the street. Oh, yeah, go, go protect him for uh, four quarters against uh, you know, Chandler Jones. Good luck to you. Yeah. So, all right, next topic. We've got a couple of contract uh, deals here. Uh, Coronet Jeremy Fowler at ESPN. While Chris Jones hasn't signed his franchise tender, he's kept in touch with the Chiefs as they hold virtual meetings, he's told. 
Uh, not much traction on the contract front, but both sides have until July 15th. The market for high-end de de defensive tackles is $20 million plus per year. Uh, so thoughts there. He's obviously been somewhat strong in his wording in the past, but it seems at least the line of communications is open. This isn't a Jacksonville, Yannick Ngakwe situation where they're not coming to an agreement. But at least the lines of communication are open here for a guy that's a key player, the most key player, perhaps, on their entire defense. The Chiefs want him. You know, you don't want a 25-year-old uh, top defensive tackle go here. My guess is, you know, I don't think anything's going to happen in June. We know how these things work. You have 47 days until July 15th. Took me in 46 days. That's yep. probably when it starts to work. Same thing with Dak Prescott, by the way. Anybody on the franchise. What's the old saying here? Deadline spur action. So you're not going to see anything happen until the deadline is closer. July 14th, July 15th, they'll try and get it done then. Maybe they will, maybe they won't. He's not going anywhere. He'll just, I, I don't think he'd hold out. He'll have to sign his franchise tag. Or does he want the guaranteed money but lesser AAV? That's really what it comes down to. You know, What does he want more? I don't think they're going to insult him. Uh, but, you know, for... There are certain positions in football who I think you actually should. Like, I think Dak Prescott uh, could do a Kirk Cousins. Play on the franchise tag. That's how you'll get the most money long term. And it's, listen, there's always a risk of injury, of yeah. course. But uh, to a defensive tackle, I'm not doing that. Once again, guys rolling around your feet. That's an ACL waiting to happen in your career. Yeah. Your Especially the type of athlete that he is, right? He's a big guy. A major injury like that, he doesn't know if he can come back from it. Plus Kirk, plus, Kirk Cousins is the primary example here when we're talking about franchise tags and the success that you can have with it. But he's at a position where they don't suffer as many catastrophic injuries. I understand Alex Smith and, and everything related to that. But as many. Plus, in this day and age, George, these guys are playing until they're 40. We have a lot of guys right now that are at their 35th birthday or older that are really good to great starting quarterbacks. You can't hit them. That's why quarterbacks are playing so much longer nowadays. You can't hit them. Not legally, right? I mean, uh, and just, don't get me wrong. Some of the things they took away are, are, are for the best. But some of the stuff, you can't land on them. You, you can't put your body weight on them. You can't hit in the head even just by accident. I mean, it's just it's a joke. It's silly. Uh, yeah. But that's why the quarterbacks are playing so much longer. Every rule is designed for the passing game, for the quarterback, to keep him healthy, to keep him on the field. Once again, it goes back to why I'm surprised they don't uh, – at least maybe – even if you were to say they can – so you had a third emergency quarterback, if they would just allow you to have, you can have two emergency offensive linemen. Yeah, they can come in, but then the other two guys are out for the game. Just, just to activate that, to yeah. protect the quarterback. I'm surprised they even thought about something like that. No issue with that whatsoever. You know, we're So, again, Chris Jones is going to want that deal. If you ask me right now, I, I think they're not going to get this done. I think I think he's, he holds out through training camp. Signs on the dotted line uh, right before the season gets going. He's in there for a week to 10 days, and then it's week one. Let's go. Uh, we're playing the Texans in two weeks. Uh, I'm in here ready to go. I think that's I think it's what's going to happen. I think ownership, dealing with the Pat Mahomes thing, they don't know what the salary cap's going to get reduced. So it's going to create a little bit of ill will, I think. But maybe Chris Jones signs it, plays under the tag, and says, see ya after next season. Because that's hard, right? After you sign the tag, then play under it, and then come back, are you really going to get the extension with the same team? It hasn't happened all that often. I mean, uh, I, I, I read it the same way you do, by the way. So I think that's exactly what's going to happen. I think you'll sign the tag. Eventually, you'll hold out some to make a point. Uh, but you're right. But then again, money talks. If, you, if they can't see next year because the, con the television contracts, and they get money, the cap goes up, whatever, or two years, or they can, however they want to finagle the contract that way, if the money's talking, he'll sign there. Yeah. Hey, man, if they want to put up 20-plus a year, nobody's going to flinch at that. So uh, good deal. So uh, when we come back, rest of the hour, we're going to talk about the Titans, their odds, their schedule for the 2020 season. We'll talk about the Bengals, our final team as we go through this, uh, their schedule, their odds. And we'll take a look uh, at the Ravens, a little bit of their fantasy outlook because there's some interesting commentary by John Harbaugh this week in relation to the roles that his running backs – will play in the offense for legitimate running backs to use. So it's Mike and George right here on FFC. Get on the grid. We'll be right back. 
sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant, just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. It's spring and with the weather changing and so many great things coming up like Mother's Day and the wind down tour, I definitely need a fresh spring wardrobe for every occasion. This spring, I'm looking for that perfect flowy spring dress for Mother's Day as well as replacing my everyday basics. That's what I love about JCPenney. They have so many stylish and comfortable options that I always find just what I'm looking for there. Spring is a feel good season and comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. The fashion at JCPenney is the same way. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with styles that gets you something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first like worthington and liz claiborne for her each in women's petite and plus sizes and stafford and mutual weave for him style and comfort for all even big and tall plus even more for the whole family like levi's and exertion here spring comes in all shapes sizes and colors jc penny make everybody count Hey, everybody, back on the grid, talking about the Tennessee Titans, George, and uh, obviously a successful season for them in 2019 uh, to get all the way to the AFC Championship game. It was, I shouldn't call it unorthodox, simply because football was played that way for so long, but their manner in which they advanced through the playoffs seems unorthodox, certainly to younger fans and to those of us that have watched the NFL progress over the last few years. They went old school. They barely threw the ball. They played good defense, solid special teams. And they got there, fell short against the Chiefs. Had a lead against the Chiefs, but fell short in that AFC championship game. So part of my conclusion when you take a step back is that obviously Ryan Tannehill was a huge boost for them. He played out of his mind for three months. He made himself at minimum of $90 million, most likely, uh, with that new contract. Uh but I also don't know if he can repeat that. Additionally, if you're being honest, and we've talked about this often, if the Steelers hadn't really fallen apart, the Titans don't even make the playoffs. They got a huge break, but they took advantage of the break. So I have to keep that in mind as I'm evaluating them for this season moving forward. Is that fair? Oh, I think that's extremely fair. Well, listen, I think there are a lot of question marks about Tennessee. It's why I think I have Indianapolis winning him. Indianapolis has question marks as well, but that's why I have Indianapolis winning the division, because I think Tennessee has more question marks. I don't know if I fully believe in Tannehill, that he's turned that corner now is going to be this quarterback, uh, franchise quarterback, making all that good money he's making. I don't know. I sort of lean yes, but I'm not positive. And then we got Derrick Henry. What's he going to do? He can't be happy they're not going to sign him to a new contract. It's a running back. He knows his shelf life is probably small, especially his type of running back, where he's pretty much running through brick walls for you. I mean, you, you mentioned that. I mean, has a 25-year-old or, or a younger football fan ever seen what happened last year? Ever? That's, that's, 20, that's 20, 25, 30 years ago football. Uh, really, early 90s and beyond uh, before that, the way they were playing last season. You know, yeah. Run Henry, let him kill the defense over and over and over again. In the fourth quarter, he's going to run wild because the defense doesn't want anymore. Just doesn't want to ha want to hit him anymore. So we'll see. But I have worries about that. I think they're a very good overall team. 
Yeah. You know, I, I'm curious about Janu Smith, that tight end now, now that the walker's gone here. Uh, the wide receiving court, Brown, Davis, Humphreys. I'm still not positive about it. I, uh, you know, Mariota failed here. Uh, he couldn't He couldn't be uh, consistent thrower here. Tannehill, I think, is a better passer than Mariota is. We'll see if he can uh, make something of this core. Uh, I think they're a good overall team, Mike. Yeah. I don't see any area on offense where they're great. I think their defense is, they play very well. I think they're coached very well. I think, I think they're extreme. Open. I think he's a great. I think he's on his way to being a great coach. I think he's a really good coach. I think he's appropriately aggressive. I think. Wow. I think a lot of coaches, if I'm being frank, wouldn't have the balls to do what he tried with Belichick to run out the clock like that and pull Belichick's own trick on him. So it means he's very aware, cognizant of the things going on, doing quick research and putting it into action. That's really. That's a good decision maker to me. I've seen him use fake punts uh, at, at times in order to be aggressive and try to win he's games, and afraid. it's worked for him. That's he's right. He's not afraid, and I That's like right. that in the coach. Yeah, yeah. Look, he's been in every situation a football player can be in, right? He was a good draft pick. It's, it's, it's To this day, I'm still ticked at the Steelers for letting him walk. He was drafted by the Steelers. They let him walk in free agency because in the late 90s, early 2000s, they literally let everybody go. They almost still do, but they let everybody go. And Vrabel went on to have this unbelievable uh, part of his career, the Patriots. So uh, we talked about uh, Derrick Henry on the franchise tag. They signed Vic Beasley on a one-year deal. They bring in Dennis Kelly, Tyson Bryle as their only free agency signings. They lose Jack Conklin. They traded Jarrell Casey. Tajay Sharp's on the Vikings. Mariota's gone, obviously. Deion Lewis is now on the Giants. Logan Ryan's still not signed. Cameron Wake and Wesley Woodward were there last year. They're not with the team anymore. So you have all those changes, George. But I have been, if I'm being honest, and you know this, I've been sort of a believer in this team for the last couple of years. I don't know why it hasn't all come together. You, you and I can pick apart different things. Ah, Mariota wasn't coached that great. Mariota got hurt. Mario didn't play well, and it took Tannehill to get the get things moving in the right direction. But even still, they just scraped into the playoffs and then stopped throwing the ball. It, it wasn't like Tannehill wasn't throwing it during the regular season. Uh, he just threw it really well and has an unsustainable level of success to that point. I'm a bigger believer in Tannehill than most, but I'm not going to sit here and say, well, he should just play like he did for the last three months for the rest of his career. Like, that would be out of control. He was the best he was the most efficient quarterback in the whole league for three months. Uh, he's not that guy. So um, that's why when you take a look at their odds, I think it's difficult. Plus of what we're talking about. We like the Colts schedule. We think they're going to win the division. We like the Colts over. So let's take a look at the Tennessee odds uh, right here. To win the AFC South, it's plus 165. That's behind the Colts. Uh, to win the AFC Championship, it's plus 1,600. That's seventh in the AFC. To win the Super Bowl, plus 3,000, right in the middle of the league, 16th. Uh, the win total is 8.5. The over right now is a minus 130, so the juice is heading that way. And to make the playoffs is a minus 130, plus 108, no. You and I are going to have to do a little bit more math on this and who we have in or out. I'm leaning towards them being in. I think they're good enough top to bottom. But this schedule, uh, going through this schedule, might be uh, something here. So... Uh, let's start it off. They start off at Denver. Let me blow this up a little bit for myself because I can't see anything. Uh, plus Denver. No, plus. Yeah, yeah. At Denver. At Denver. Sorry. That is a the Monday nighter the behind the Giants-Pittsburgh Wait. game. So kick it off. That's right. Then we have uh, Jacksonville. Then at Minnesota. Then the Steelers. Then the Bills and the Texans. So it's a rough stretch in that you have four teams there that we think will be in the playoff mix. Denver and Houston are debatable, right? But Minnesota, Pittsburgh, Buffalo are in there. And But you get three home games heading into your bye. So they don't have to leave Tennessee. After September 27th, they don't leave Tennessee for a game until November 1st. So October, they don't even leave the state of Tennessee. It's interesting, right? Uh, you start at Denver. I mean, I really, I really hope they can win that game for Tennessee. Uh, Jacksonville's a win because, listen, if you lose to Denver, going to Minnesota and beating the Vikings in Minnesota, that's not going to be easy either. You can easily be one and two. I, listen, we all love the three-game home stretch, but you're not beating Pittsburgh and Buffalo. Not back-to-back. -back. You're really praying for one and one. And even that Houston game, that's your division rival. Houston, for all we've said about them, 
they've won a division, what, for the past five years? Right? So they're, they're still a team, a divisional team, divisional rival. You never know how those are going to go. Like I said, if they fall on their face here and go two and five, you know, or something silly like that, I can see this being a real problem real quick. Uh, after the bye, they got to take care of business immediately after the bye. Yeah. It's at Cincinnati versus Chicago, a Thursday nighter. They get the home. That's a break right there. So they get a home game and a home game during the short week. And it's a home game against a divisional rival. They get to play the Colts on a short week uh, in Indianapolis. Well, it's not a long trip or anything. As you've said many times, the numbers bear out that the home teams in these Thursday night games are going to cover, if not win outright. Um, then they go to Baltimore. So they got 10 days off before they play Baltimore. Uh, then they go to Indianapolis, home for Cleveland, at Jacksonville, home versus Detroit, which is a flex game on December 20th. Uh, then at Green Bay for the Sunday nighter in Week 16, and then at Houston to close it out. They only have they have three primetime games, so that's the opening Monday nighter against Denver. They have the short week against Indianapolis, and then Sunday nighter at Green Bay. That could be kind of interesting. Titans at Green Bay if both teams are in the playoff mix, but um, it doesn't on the surface appear to be as easy as the Colts schedule to me. Uh, with it being a divisional rival. Am I wrong about that? Oh, no, I agree with you. Like I said, I think you're hoping they go 3-3 three and three in that first six. Yeah. I think that's asking a lot. Then you, you have to beat Cincinnati, you have to beat Chicago, and then you get this other rough stretch. Indianapolis, at Baltimore, at Indianapolis, Cleveland. And Cleveland, I think, is going to be an improved team as well here. I mean, once again, you're probably praying for 2-2 two and two there. Uh, and I... I hate the fact that the NFL puts a divisional match, especially one of these two teams. That yeah, I don't think it's fair. On a Thursday night. It's not fair. It should not happen. I don't yeah. like any divisional uh, matches to happen. But you know what? If you want to make it, you know, in the uh, Tennessee versus Jacksonville, we know Jacksonville's going to bomb the season. I'm okay with that. I can live with that. But don't make it the two teams. Don't People are also Dallas. tired of seeing the Jags on. In fact, I've seen jokes made about that. Like, hey, there's no Titans-Jags Thursday nighter this year because we seem to get it every year. I think people are not going to want to watch Jacksonville this year. It's probably why it didn't happen. Well, I imagine they only have one. Uh, every team has to have one. I imagine yeah. Jacksonville only has one. That would be my guess. Uh, but then if they can get through that stretch, Jacksonville-Detroit is a little comfortable, a little better even though I think Detroit's going to be improved. But then the last two games on the road, uh, once again, at Green Bay, you said, I think that will be a battle there. I don't think either team's going to be out of it, so they're both going to need to play there. And at Houston, maybe you get a break there. Maybe Houston is done by then. I don't think they're going to yep. be a playoff team this year. Mm. But uh, And I have it. This is Buffalo, Baltimore, Indy, KC. Those are my division winners. And then uh, I think Pittsburgh is sort of that number one wild card. Mm. All right, so I, I got it between Tennessee, Cleveland, New England, Maybe the Chargers, depending on how things work out, they're battling for that last spot. But it's really two spots. I got Tennessee. I don't think Miami's going to – not that schedule we saw yesterday on last show. No. Yeah, true. So I got Tennessee, Cleveland, New England battling for six and seven. One's going to be left uh, without a chair when the music stops. No Denver for you? They are that swing team you like to call them there. Would it shock me? No, it wouldn't be. Listen, this is, I'm not going to be seven for seven here, so someone's got to get in. Yeah. There'll be injuries to somebody as well. Right, last year, the only reason Pittsburgh doesn't make the playoffs is because Ben got hurt, right? It'll, it'll happen to one of these teams. Yeah, they were still in the driver's seat until week 16. Then they played terribly against the Jets. Like I, I said, said they didn't get in, mind you, because they just, I, I, they, without Ben, they weren't really worth watching. No, that's true. It, it that's could happen true. again. Maybe Tannehill gets hurt, and he's the team that's left out. Yeah. You know, maybe Phillip Rivers is terrible this year, and he can't get it done. That would be that's going to hurt my wallet if Phil Rivers is terrible because to some extent I'm betting on Phil Rivers to be good. Um, I don't know that he has to be outstanding because I think the team is good enough aside from that. But if he's bad, if he's as bad as he was last year, Colts aren't going to make the playoffs. If he plays 16 games, like they're a weird team. They're good everywhere. It's the quarterback we're worried about. I know. And then the quarterback's Phil Rivers. If you're an optimist. He's indoors now with a very good offensive line. I am. I'm being optimistic about it. I'm being optimistic as well, but I think uh, he 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 won't he won't be the Philip Rivers of old. That Philip Rivers, I think, like you said, just don't be the Philip Rivers of last year. You can't yeah. throw 20. You can throw 12 interceptions. I think you'll be fine there. Yeah. But don't you know? Don't don't double that total. Yeah, just go 25 and 25 and 12. It's Mitch Trubisky did that two years ago. They went 12 and four. So we're, we're we can handle that. So. All right. Uh, only other things I guess I would throw out there. The last thing I'd throw out there, 
Derrick Henry, plus 2,100 for Offensive Player of the Year. Not MVP, Offensive Player of the Year. Would it, you think he has a huge year? Uh, you think they just use him up uh, to the best of their ability? With it being going to, I think defense is going to go all out to stop Henry and force Tannehill. I think they're going to have a lot of eight men in the box. Tannehill proves he's that guy from last year, which he may we'll do. I'll t we'll take a look at A.J. Brown uh, futures maybe uh, on another show because that could be interesting if he's forced to throw. We're going to come back, talk about the team everybody wants to know about, the Cincinnati Bengals, next on The Grid. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant, just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. It's spring and with the weather changing and so many great things coming up like Mother's Day and the wind down tour, I definitely need a fresh spring wardrobe for every occasion. This spring, I'm looking for that perfect flowy spring dress for Mother's Day as well as replacing my everyday basics. That's what I love about JCPenney. They have so many stylish and comfortable options that I always find just what I'm looking for there. Spring is a feel good season and comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. The fashion at JCPenney is the same way. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with styles that gets you. Something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her, each in women's petite and plus sizes, and Stafford and Mutual Weave for him, style and comfort for all, even big and tall, plus even more for the whole family like Levi's and Exertion. Here, spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney, make everybody count. Hey, everybody, back on FFC. Follow us all on Twitter at SportsGrid and on Instagram at SportsGridTV talking about the Cincinnati Bengals. So we've gone through every team. We did it all after free agency. Gave you some odds there. Went through all the teams. Gave, us, gave, us, uh, gave you our thoughts. Now we've done it after the draft with their schedule in mind. So I think we've got a full picture now. We'll obviously do this stuff again as things get closer. Maybe things change in training camp. But George, frankly, like you really start to form opinions now about teams. I think you and I have already done that. For example, we talked about the Colts. We're forming opinions on each team as we go, deciding that we do like their schedule. We don't like their schedule. Um, the AFC East teams that are on the build, we've basically said, you know what? The Jets and Dolphins might improve, but these schedules don't line up for them because they have to play the Niners and the Chiefs and the Seahawks and the Rams and all these good teams. And conversely, the AFC South teams, you know what? They caught a little bit of a break in the way things are scheduled for them. So uh, we think that the Titans and the Colts will probably go over and that the Colts are going to win the division because their schedule lined up so nicely for them. Plus, we like the additions that they made uh, during the draft and everything else. The Bengals, look. There is nowhere to go but up. They made some signings during this offseason. DJ Reader, I was actually surprised to see that they spent some money. DJ Reader, the defensive tackle from Houston, got a big paycheck there. They signed, I think, five new defensive backs, three of whom came from the Vikings. So there's, they're obviously turning over the roster. How many guys would you really have kept from the 2019 Bengals, if you're being honest? Ten guys, maybe, 
You got Geno Atkins. Carlos Dunbar is at the end of his career. Geno Atkins is like 11-year pro now. Pretty crazy. Like, these careers start flying by and make us feel old, I know. But Geno Atkins is like in his 11th year. You got a couple of offensive linemen, Jonah Williams and Brian Price, which are relatively new draft picks. And you had Joe Mixon. Who else? A.J. Green. We love A.J. Green. He hasn't finished a season since 2017, right? 2016, he hasn't finished a season. I think they should have. I wonder why they were hell-bent on keeping him. Is it because they want to make sure that Burrow has someone like him around, you know, to help out with his transition? I mean... I think it's a little bit more that they run. They're very much a family organization. I think they felt obligated to keep him because he's been so good and they, they like him. There. He didn't want to get the franchise tag. No, not the franchise tag, but he did say things alluding to the fact that he wanted to retire a Bengal. And I was like, why would you do that? It is the worst team. It's the worst organization in the whole league competing with Jacksonville. The Bengals happen to have a longer history, uh, but it's 30 years without a playoff win, George. So that's what we're dealing with. It's six. Uh, I, remember, I remember when the, so obviously so do you, when the Bengals were a good team. You know, Isaiah and Icky Woods and all. This close to beating Joe Montana in the Super Bowl. Really close. Yeah. If, not, so, if you didn't see John Candy, maybe they'd have won. That's um, right. It's just, it's just a shame to see this, uh, you know, the bungles over and over. And over. I mean, Sam Weish back in the day, maybe those games were fantastic with the, uh, he was a very colorful coach. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Uh, absolutely. He, he imagine him having, or him, imagine him and Jerry Glanville in this day and age with uh, their personalities on Twitter and Facebook and everything. Oh man, it just wouldn't, it wouldn't go well. It'd I mean, Glan Glanville, I wonder, Glanville would probably eat it up, but it would be too consuming. I think he would just be inviting more trouble than it's worth. He's an IME guy. Glanville yeah. is definitely me guy yeah uh why just he would say what was on his mind he didn't care yeah. uh but I, it's sad when you see this i said i i get what you're saying and i think you're probably right that, that you know they he's been with the organization he uh, he's their franchise player you know someone they could sell and stuff like that but you know in the end you gotta think about your team i mean he you could have traded him and gotten something for him uh maybe it would have been a little tough because once again you weren't able to see anybody yeah. You uh, he's going to visit him, make sure the foot, the toe is okay. It's the whole they, year. Yeah, so that, I I could see that, but they didn't even try. No. You know, it's like, I, I just just bothers me. I think when it comes to, you know, how I view when I start making judgments of teams, first is free agency, who they pick up, who they lose, then a draft, same thing, who'd you pick up, then the schedule. Schedule to me is important because you want to see how it lays out. Mm -hmm. You know, and then the final thing for me is camps. And the only thing about really about camps is, all right, who got hurt? You know, who's the who got hurt in camp is now out for a year, whatever it was, towards ACL. That always concerns me. And that you know, will change our judgments on that. But I think the schedule is by far the most important. That's where I start to really get into it about looking, okay, how, how good a team do I think this team's going to be? That's when I'll start making my over-under bets. Yeah, uh, agreed. So we'll set it up for you now. Um, they have two primetime games. They play the Browns on Thursday night football and the Steelers on a Monday night football. They did that last year. The Steelers killed them. They just couldn't do anything offensively. So the Thursday nighter is in week two. The Monday nighter against the Steelers is Monday, December 21st, so Christmas week all the way out there. The odds to win the AFC North, it's the longest odds in the whole league for somebody to win a division, obviously with the gap from Baltimore to them considered so great, plus 2,600. Uh, to win the AFC Championship, it's plus 7,000. That's bottom three, uh, along with uh, Jacksonville and maybe Miami is the other low odds there. Uh, to win the Super Bowl, uh, 55, to win Super Bowl 55, plus 15,000. So that's bottom three in the league. They're there with uh, Jacksonville and Washington. And then the win total right now is five and a half. Uh, the over is at minus 125. So that's a little bit of a surprise uh, for me that the juice is on the over. Uh, there's obviously a lot of people believing in Joe Burrow. Now, this team's total last year was six, George. I thought they were a really hard under. I won money on the Bengals last year. I just thought Zach Taylor stepping into that situation where there wasn't a lot of talent around was a disaster. And they went 2-14. and 14. So I got that one right. I've talked about how I got Miami wrong. I also got Washington right. I liked the low unders last year. It was just the way it played out uh, for me. So you're going to have to be a believer in what Joe Burrow can do with this schedule. And Joe Burrow also plus 220 for Offensive Rookie of the Year. I think that's the shortest odds, but he's got an opportunity, George. He's going to take every snap. 
Well, that's the advantage right there. We know he's going to start from day one. Right? The edge is always towards the quarterback anyway. If he starts all 16 games, I think he might win this in a runaway. Uh, we know that I don't uh, – assuming the season starts in September, two is not starting week one. That would be a shock. Right? I agree. Then, right. So, and then Herbert, we already heard he's not starting week one. They expect Tyrod Taylor to start there. So, he he's already got a huge advantage. I mean, maybe one of the running backs goes bananas. You know, maybe. I don't think so. But maybe where they can really build up there. But unless Burroughs falls – falls flat on his face, I expect him to win this because I think he's going to play all 16. There's no one else there. And if, they, if he falls, who are they going to go with? Unless there's an injury, I think he wins uh, Rookie of the Year pretty easily on the offensive side. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, that would be the other guy, potentially. I think he's more of a touchdown guy than a yardage guy. Can you, let's say he gets double-digit touchdowns, but only 800 yards. Because there's, there's too many cooks in the kitchen there. Yeah. You're not going to forget about Williams. Yeah. I, that's why I... And I don't think I don't think he'll get enough yards, enough sexy yards. I think the touchdowns might be sexy, and he maybe get, I could see him getting 10, 12. I'm not predicting that, but I could see that happening. Henry Ruggs, but, Jerry Judy, Ceedee Lamb, Ceedee Lamb, no way. No, it's still Cooper's there. Uh, Gallup's good. They're gonna run the ball to Ezekiel Elliott. No, Lamb, no chance. I, I like Drew Locke, but I don't know if he's gonna do enough where that's gonna happen. I don't see the receivers. No, I think it's too hard. I mean, the rookie wide receivers generally don't do that. They generally don't blow the roof off the league. A.J. Brown was great, and D.K. Metcalf was great, but they didn't come close to winning Offensive Rookie of the Year because Kyler took every snap. It's just the way it goes. Um, and at plus 220 for Joe Burrow, to your point, like maybe that is the best Bengals bet simply because we know he's going to take every snap. If he's just able to stay upright, you're looking at 4,000 yards and 20 touchdowns, you know, like something like that. Maybe the picks won't look good, but when you start putting those numbers together – who the hell else is going to compare to that? I agree. I have no argument with that. I don't think the yards might be a little high, but then again, they're going to be trailing in so many games, they're going to throw the ball left yeah. and right. Yeah. Uh, I, I might worry that you could have a, a touchdown-interception ratio of 22 to 17, which would look yeah. ugly. You know, I it agree. Does, but still, 22-17 with 3,858 yards. Yeah, people forget about the picks because the other numbers are so good. And if he runs in a couple more, you're like, hey, he had 25 touchdowns as a rookie. That's what people will convince themselves of. Hopefully his offensive line serves him better than Kyler Murray's did last year. Jonah Williams, their first-round pick from 2019, didn't play at all last year. So he slots in as their left tackle and price they drafted a couple of years ago. We'll see. They're making strides to keep him protected. He's not walking into like a situation that Deshaun Watson walked into. The offensive line on paper is at least better than Watson's was when he was a rookie. So let's get through this schedule quickly. Uh, they start off with the Chargers, uh, then go right to a Thursday nighter. So the first week right out of the gate. Look, if you're going to play a Thursday nighter, it stinks, but might as well get it out of the way in week two. And it's literally a drive from Cincinnati to Cleveland, they could bust that in three hours uh, and be good to go. So you get your Thursday nighter out of the way. Then it's at uh, Philadelphia. You'll have 10 days before you play at Philly. Uh, then it's Jacksonville at Baltimore at Indianapolis versus Cleveland versus Tennessee into the bye week or a split right down the middle, eight games before the bye, eight games after the bye. What do you think of that first eight? Well, you know, I, with, with bad teams, I play the game of where's the win coming from? Week four, all right? Uh, Home against Jacksonville. Uh, Week one could be somewhat interesting, but I think if if Taylor's the quarterback there, (laughs) that defense for the Chargers is really good. You're not going to beat Cleveland. You're not going to beat Philadelphia. It's an island, boy. You're not winning the other games either. Baltimore, Indianapolis, Cleveland, Tennessee. If you don't win, beat Jacksonville in week four, I think it becomes much more interesting after the bye week about whether or not they can win a game. Yeah, so the bye week is, after the bye week is certainly easier for them. They're at Pittsburgh, which is not a great start, but then at Washington, they host the Giants, and then at Miami. They host Dallas, they host Pittsburgh, then at Houston, host Baltimore. So three of the final four are home games, unfortunately, against Dallas, Pittsburgh, and the Ravens. Um, So with the win total being... Five and a half. I, George, I, I'll be totally honest. I, I can't, I'm not a believer in Zach Taylor right now. It doesn't mean he can't be a good football coach. I just don't think that he's going to be in a position to be successful. I think organizationally, they're still broken. I worry about Joe Burrow's future with this team. I think that if Joe Burrow fails as an NFL QB, it's not even really going to be his fault. It's because he wasn't surrounded with the right pieces. Um, and I don't see any way 
that they get to six games here. I think that would be a huge success, a huge success if they go from two and 14 to six and 10. I just don't think it's going to happen. I'm with you. I'm on the under as well here. I think if everything goes right, they win four games. And two or three is, I think, is much more likely. Yeah. You know, I, listen, I think you could beat Jacksonville. They're uh, playing Washington on the road. Giants, I can see winning one or maybe even both those. Maybe Miami, but I think Miami's a better team. Like I said, everything has to go right for you to win. Maybe that last game against Baltimore, Baltimore has clinched everything they can clinch, and they have nothing to play for. But yeah. I think that's highly unlikely here. I had this as a 3-0-4 win team. I'm taking the under. Yeah. I mean, look, they could split with the Browns. They could even split with the Steelers. Then they got to rip off Washington and the Giants and Miami and Houston and the Chargers. And it's like they have to win every game that we think they might be able to win. And it's just not going to happen, even if they have an upset somewhere. All right, we're going to come back. We're going to talk about the Ravens and their backfield after this on The Grid. Mike and George, FFC. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant, just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. It's spring and with the weather changing and so many great things coming up like Mother's Day and the wind down tour, I definitely need a fresh spring wardrobe for every occasion. This spring, I'm looking for that perfect flowy spring dress for Mother's Day as well as replacing my everyday basics. That's what I love about JCPenney. They have so many stylish and comfortable options that I always find just what I'm looking for there. Spring is a feel-good season and comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. The fashion at JCPenney is the same way. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with styles that gets you. Something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her, each in women's petite and plus sizes, and Stafford and Mutual Weave for him, style and comfort for all, even big and tall, plus even more for the whole family like Levi's and Exertion. Here, spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney, make everybody count. Back on the grid, Mike and George talking about the Baltimore Ravens. And a couple stories with the Ravens this week uh, that we'll get to, but I wanted to finish up something we were just talking about with the Bengals because you and I both think they're a pretty hard under. Look, it's five and a half, so I, I don't like to get too overconfident when the total is that low. Look, I was celebrating when Miami was 0-7 last year, and they rip off five of their last nine, uh, and they go over the four and a half. So, look, 4-12 and 12 teams are really bad football teams. And this team was really bad last year. 2-14 and 14 were the Bengals. But I said to George during the break, and it's something I wanted to bring up here before we get to the Ravens, is that a lot of times when I'm going through my win totals, if I'm just taking a select few, look, we're going to sit here and go through all 32 teams and decide what we want to do if we're going to go over, under, or pass on them. But... I often don't like to go in hard two years in a row on a team. The Bengals fit that bill where I was really confident last year that a rookie head coach wasn't going to guide them to six or seven wins. I thought the worst case scenario I'd push. Um, so I'm hesitant 
to go hard on the Bengals again, but I just really can't get to six, no matter how I do it. I can't either. I get your point where uh, what are the odds of a team being that bad two years in a row, but I, the schedule looks rough. Their division is rough. I mean, right? We got, I, I have Baltimore and Pittsburgh both making the playoffs. I have Cleveland as a possible third team making the playoffs. They're just outside, which means I think they're going to get to at least eight wins. I mean, what can Cincinnati do in the division? One and five? At best, one and five? If they can squeeze out a win? I don't know if they can. And you look at all the other games here. I still think I just have to trust my judgment. I get it that it's yeah. confirmation bias in some ways because they were so bad last year, and we expect them to be bad this year. But I'm just going by the schedule. I'm walking on W's and losses, trying to keep, uh, I guess, personal feelings out of it, using being professional. And like I said, I'm generally a, a game and a half, two games. When I have that much of a difference, that means I want to bet that, either one or the over or the under. And I got at best, at best four. I really think it's more three wins. That's a two and a half game difference. To me, it's a pretty easy bet. And frankly, it's really more of an organization critique than anything else. Like we could say, don't do it two years in a row. What if you bet, take a different team. What do you bet the Jacksonville unders every year for the last eight years? You want them all, except for one. You want them all. They lose double-digit games every year because the organization's a mess. I think Cincinnati's in that space right now. Zach Taylor got hired into a situation where even if he, in his second go-around, even if it doesn't work out in Cincinnati, maybe his second go-around, it works out. I just think they're not set up for success right now. I do like some of the moves. I'm glad they have Joe Burrow. I just want Zach Taylor to take care of Joe Burrow, and the organization's got to do everything else to try to protect him. So that's my thought process. I don't like going on the same team two years in a row, but uh, I'm, I'm going to probably make an exception here for Cincinnati. Uh, so let's go to the Ravens. And we have some comments from John Harbaugh this week. Jeff uh, Zrebiak on Twitter says, Harbaugh said he expects Justice Hill to make a big jump and calls four running backs a good problem to have. Quote, is that really a problem to have four guys breaking off big runs and making guys miss? There's roles for there's roles there for all those guys. So we go to the depth chart. Mark Ingram, who seems to never get talked about anymore, even though he had a good season last year. They drafted J.K. Dobbins. Gus Edwards has been their short yardage guy that they've utilized. And Justice Hill is this explosive player out of Oklahoma State that we thought might be a super sleeper last year. And didn't really touch the ball all that much because Ingram and Lamar Jackson were so successful. So what do you think of this running back? Give me your sort of fantasy outlook on these guys. That's the problem. That's the first thing I think of. My, my God, is a fantasy nightmare. Nightmare. I mean, absolutely nightmare. You have four guys here. And I've, I think they're all good or all can be good. All could be useful if they were the number one. But they're all going to be used. I and mean, Harbaugh's pretty much saying that he's going to use each and every one of them, which keeps them all fresh. That's great for him. It's great for Baltimore. Not so good for fantasy teams. Mike, fantasy-wise, I don't want any of them. I mean, if you were to guarantee me if Harbaugh at some point before our drafts occur says, oh, well, you know, Ingram's going to be the uh, the goal line guy. Okay. Okay, I'll be more interested then. You know, but still, you know Lamar Jackson's stealing some of those too. So yeah. where's the value there? Where is the value in any of these guys? I just don't see it here. I think one to four, this might be the top running, running back group in the NFL, because of they have four guys. If one guy gets hurt, it's no big deal. They're okay. One to four, I might give you that. I think it's great for the NFL, but for fantasy-wise, no thank you. I want nothing to do with it. I want to check their ADPs uh, specifically. Um, maybe we can look those up. But what I would say is that Ingram is a guy that I still want. I, I think you're right that there could be issues with how much he's touching the ball, but people were out on him last year. I've self-declared for years that I'm the president of the Mark Ingram fan club. I think he's been a far better player than people have given him credit for. He's almost always been in some sort of a timeshare. You and I have talked at length about the weird dynamic that existed at the Saints where they were utilizing him great and he would get pulled out in touchdown scenarios. It seemed like he and Peyton weren't on the same page, but he also seemed to like being there. They obviously had some success while he was there, although they never won the Super Bowl. But uh, Ingram, he's 31 years old uh, this season. He's going to play out this whole year. After this season, his dead cap hit would be $1.3 million, but he's really only playing on a $5 million number, so it's not he's not being paid an egregious amount. You know, he's in line with his experience and his production, certainly. Um, but I think Ingram is a guy I still want. Um, the Justice Hill thing, if that was going to be a thing, 
I don't know that J.K. Dobbins would have been drafted. I think I think Justice Hill and J.K. Dobbins are the running backs of the future in Baltimore, meaning 2021. Doesn't mean that we don't see parts of them or all of them this year. You know, if Ingram went down, then it, that changes the dynamic completely. But one through four, I don't know that there's a better backfield here. By the way, the running the quarterback is arguably the best running back in the whole league all by himself. <laughs> no argument there. All right, no argument there at all. Maybe, I do wonder, maybe they'll run him a little less this year because they don't need to, but they've yeah. already said they're going to be an unconventional offense, so I think they're going to take advantage of it. Uh, just, once again, teach him to slide, get down, so you don't get yourself killed. Mm -hmm. uh, I, listen, I agree with you about Justice Hill, that maybe they know, all right, yeah, it's not going to work out. He's not the guy we thought he was going to be. That's why we needed uh, Dobbins. Or maybe Dobbins was his best player available. Yeah, it seems to be. It seems Dobbins is more like we're going to replace Ingram with Dobbins in 2021, um, and Hill is going to be our secondary guy. I, I think it's unfair to make a judgment about Hill after like oh, how many times he touched the ball last year. Not that many. I, I'd be surprised if he even touched it a hundred times last year. So it's not really giving him much practice. of a chance. You know, they, they didn't like, and that's why I, I listen. I kind of agree with you. I think he's, uh, you know. It is what it is. That uh, they, it's more of a best player available. They know Ingram's going to be gone. They want to keep their running backs. They know they're not going to be a true passing team, uh, not a true running team. They're going to be somewhere that quasi. They're not going to be Tennessee with Derrick Henry, but they want to make sure they have a strong running game to protect Lamar Jackson. Sixty-four touches for Justice Hill, and he played in sixteen games. So it's not like he wasn't out there. Uh, maybe they do have different thought processes than we do, but uh, in general. Uh, I, one through four, hell, one through five, because of Lamar Jackson, this is going to be a lethal a rushing attack yet again. So uh, another news in, uh, so the guy I want is Mark Ingram. If you're asking, Lamar is really expensive in fantasy leagues right now because he runs so much. I'm probably going to pass on him because I've seen him in best ball leagues and everything go in the first round. Probably going to pass there. But um, as far as... Superflex. Have, have you, I guess what I'm going to ask you, in a Superflex league, have your thoughts changed? Would you take a quarterback in the first round, Mahomes, Lamar Jackson? Definitely. I think what Lamar. Lamar just runs so much. He's. Oh, I'm with you. I, I mean, I he's just do. such an unbelievable value. You can make arguments that he could be the first overall pick in leagues like that because of how, uh, how valuable he can be. Uh, but, yeah, I, I think I'm certainly changed in terms of wanting Lamar Jackson, Mahomes, um, yeah, I think Pat Mahomes is going to have a great season, but I don't know if I want to project him out to 50 touchdowns again like he did a couple of years ago. Oh, I'm probably not doing that either. Like I said, in a super flex league, I believe in taking quarterbacks early because uh, they score the most points there. Uh, I know last year in Scott Fish, I got Mahomes in the second round. Uh, I just got lucky. I was able to read the draft. And you can see, okay, it's just not happening. People aren't worth taking quarterbacks. So I think I got him at... 214, 215, something like that. Yeah. Like, so it didn't work out for me. I had been in that league so when he got hurt. My uh, biggest mistake in that league, Scott Fishbowl, for those that don't know, is a no. large 1,200-team um, league. We played, you know, what it, whatever the math is, 212-team divisions, something like no, 120 12-team divisions, something like that. Um, and 112-team divisions, right? There was 1,200. The teams? As long as there be no math, Mike. <laughs> so uh, I try to make it easier for myself. So, uh, and it's, uh, there's a huge charitable component to it. Uh, it's free to play. There's no prize money or anything like that. But uh, everybody usually chips in and all the mo donations go to fantasycares.net. And it is a Toys for Tots donation. So right around Christmas time, we take all the money that's been donated, gives it away. So shout out to Scott Fish. We'll try to have him on the program so everybody I'll learn a little bit more about him. But um, my biggest mistake there is I actually drafted Mariota and then Ryan Tannehill with my 22nd pick. You have 22 players in that league. So it's really deep league. And cut him after a month. So I didn't get any of the Tannehill, and I just missed out on the playoffs because I, I was working with one quarterback at the end. I had injuries, uh, same as you did. So uh, such is life. Um, you know, I didn't lose any money technically, just glory. Uh, last piece of news on... The Baltimore Ravens, Matt Judon, uh, signed his franchise tag. So the 2019 campaign for Judon was a really good one. He racked up 54 tackles, had nine and a half sacks, four forced fumbles, and went to the Pro Bowl. So he's only a 2016 fifth-round pick, George. 
out of Grand Valley State. So a, a FCS guy, he started all 16 games for the first time last season. He played in 46 of a possible 48 regular season games with 20 starts in his first three seasons. And he's already in franchise tag territory. It's really interesting for a player like that with that background to be have the franchise tag slapped on him after three years. We're used to much more high-profile players. But uh, Matt Juden put himself in a good position, obviously. Out of Grand Valley State three years ago, four years ago, nobody thought he was going to be this guy. No, and you're right. Uh, franchise tag, he's going to get $16.3 million. Uh, I think they'll try and work on uh, a longer deal that may not be possible this season. Uh, he's not going anywhere. And I, I guess the bottom line, that he had uh, yeah. too good a play. He's, he's one of those guys that turns organizations around when you get uh, you know, an all-pro in the fifth round, a guy who could be a cornerstone. Uh, you build a team around him. Uh, they have other players as well they can build a team around. This is the point they're making there. It's not the first and second round guys. Those are great when they pay an apple. When you can get, get a guy lower in a draft to become this kind of player, I mean, it can uh, it can help for years. Yeah, home run. Yeah, a, a, a dispute was looming over the position designation, by the way, and the Ravens and Juden agreed to, this is according to Tom Palacero on Twitter, they agreed to meet in the middle. So the $16.8 is right in the middle of defensive end and linebacker. He's kind of that hybrid pass rusher, edge rusher. So a uh, good job by both of them coming to a negotiation. Uh, so that's it for this hour of Football Full Circle. Get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant, just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. It's spring and with the weather changing and so many great things coming up like Mother's Day and the wind down tour, I definitely need a fresh spring wardrobe for every occasion. This spring, I'm looking for that perfect flowy spring dress for Mother's Day as well as replacing my everyday basics. That's what I love about JCPenney. They have so many stylish and comfortable options that I always find just what I'm looking for there. Spring is a feel-good season and comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. The fashion at JCPenney is the same way. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with styles that gets you. Something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her, each in women's petite and plus sizes, and Stafford and Mutual Weave for him, style and comfort for all, even big and tall, plus even more for the whole family like Levi's and Exertion. Here, spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney, make everybody count. Tired of pickup truck bed chaos? Meet Decked, game-changing USA-made full bed-length drawers for tools and gear. Waterproof, dustproof, lockable, secure. Whether you're working, hunting, fishing, camping, or just getting out of town. And introducing Decked Deco cases. Tough, modular, problem-solving cases built for the truck, job site, campsite, or garage. Say goodbye to random bins and tie-downs. Order now at Decked.com slash iHeart for free shipping. Decked, your truck, your rules. Decked.com forward slash iHeart. You're a growing business, which means you need every spare hour you can find. That's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in Slack. 
Slack is where work happens, with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Start a call instantly in huddles and ditch cumbersome calendar invites. Or build an automation with Workflow Builder to take routine tasks off your plate. No coding required. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. Awards Watch says Liam Neeson is at his best. Don't miss In the Land of Saints and Sinners. Having left his dark past behind, retired hitman Finbar Murphy, played by Neeson, leads a quiet life in a remote coastal Irish town. But when a menacing crew of terrorists arrive, Finbar is drawn into a vicious game of cat and mouse, forcing him to choose between exposing his secret identity or defending his friends and neighbors. In the Land of Saints and Sinners, from Samuel Goldwyn Films and Sony Pictures Home Entertainment. Watch it now on digital. Rated R.